gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, defenders of the bank proudly present to you your podcast champions of the world, the mouth of the South, J.R. Liebert, the beast from the East, Christian Philly Philemon. We are Defenders Defenders of of the the Bank. Bank. And if you ain't down with that, we got two words for you. Carson sucks. Yeah, what's going on, Defenders? Welcome to episode 138 of the most LAFC podcast in the solar system. I am the toast of the East Coast, Christian Philly Philemon, and with me in world-famous Philemon Monster Studios in Burbank, California, J.R. Liebert, the mouth of the South Bay, the scarf, what's Happening. I always know it's going to be fun when right before we hit record, Philly goes, hold on, I'm going to try something. It's like Samuel L. Jackson in Jurassic Park. Hold on to your butts because I didn't know what was going on. But like Will Smith in Independence Day, we're kicking the tires and lighting some fires. What's good, Defenders Nation? It has been way too long since you've had to turn your radio down as you listen to us. We've missed you all so much. It's March, and we've got some really fun happenings in the world of LAFC Philly. We have so much to talk about. We've divided it into like a a team and black and gold related news segment, and then we've got teammates, we've got the player related news going on after, and then we've got a little bit about LAFC gaming as well, because they've got some important stuff coming up. Very exciting news, but before we begin... All things black and gold. I just want to mention two quick things. One, if you're not familiar, Angel City FC just started taking their membership and season ticket deposits. Take so it. Make Take my sure, money. Take it all. That's right. Make sure you head on over to weareangelcity.com to put your deposits down. They are our new roommates, neighbors, tenants, whatever you want to call them. We're sharing some space with them at Bank of California Stadium. And I hear there's a pretty great podcast called the Angel City Chicks that likes to talk all your Angels City FC news. Angel City? Angel City? I think I said Angel. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Either way, there's that. So make sure you check out weareangelcity.com about all that. And one last thing I want to make sure that we mention before we get into all the LAFC stuff that we can. I just want to say a big congratulations to the official sideline reporter and part voice of the Ontario Fury, the Panda Amanda Philemon. And the guy sitting to my left, the official play-by-play voice of Ontario's own, the Fury, Christian Philly Philemon. Congratulations, my friend. You have hitched your wagon to that star, and we'll see what happens. You've got a fun weekend coming up in just a couple of days. You know, I'm not the type of guy to self-promote. Wait, what? That's our that's our wait, what moment of the podcast right there. I mean, look, I, I've tried really hard not to like cross things over just because, I mean, I kind of wanted to keep things separate. I Don't mean, thank cross you. the streams, Don't man. cross, crossing the streams can be bad. Unless you're trying to take down some chick named Zool. Like, apparently it works <laughs> then. But yes, yes, I am the official play-by-play commentator for the Ontario Fury, a professional indoor soccer team based out of Ontario, California, not, not Canada. Canada. I've made that mistake in the past. Fortunately, I never routed my flight that way and Jonathan Reimer of shoulder to shoulder fame he will be joining me as as the color commentator and of course you said it Amanda the panda will be with me and Wednesday March the 10th through Sunday March the 14th I am going to be calling five straight days of games and I can tell you this right now it might be slightly unorthodox it might be quite loud 
It might be, it might be whatever it's going to be. It's going to be fun. It's going to be energetic. It's going to be informative and it's going to be entertaining. I can't wait to do it, Scarf. I tried to get you to come along this journey, but well, you have too much on your plate, my friend. Look, the best. He's too busy for me, Defender. The best too news. Busy for me. The best news that I could have got. Other than, you know, I hit the lottery or I found a bag of money or something awesome like that. The best news I could have got is that as of Monday, which is just in a couple of days, we're recording this, by the way, Saturday, March 6th, 2021. Monday, I will be spending at least two out of every five days on campus with my kids. We're going back on campus for the first time. It's crazy. March 8th is exactly one year to the day that my particular school went online. I am so excited to be back on campus and at least around my middle schoolers so that we can begin to get more comfortable, begin to get a little bit more at ease with this whole situation. And Philly, in only Defenders of the Bank fashion, the way that we do smooth segues because it's not just my school. That is going back on campus. Ooh, this is a real smooth segment. That's You've right. Yourself. Emperor Gavin Newsom <laughs> has relaxed some regulations, all because all of us in the great state of California are doing the best job that we can of social distancing, staying apart, staying healthy, getting vaccinated. It's been an incredibly tough last year without games at Bank of California Stadium with fans. But Philly, April 1st, not ah, just, not ah, just Disneyland. Not just April Fool's it, it Day. It better not be. If, if Gavin Newsom is making this an April Fool's we'll, joke. We'll start saluting him the way they saluted Screw <laughs> in Spaceballs. Emperor Screw. <laughs> I, I can't wait, Philly. April 1st, it looks like Disneyland, theme parks, and oh my God. The Cathedral of the Black and Gold Bank of California Stadium will have human beings in the stands once again. My biggest concern is how it's going to happen. I know the powers <laughs> that be are hard at work trying to figure this out, but I would be rather irritated if, let's just say, opening day, Scarf gets to go <laughs> and I stay home. <laughs> or if I get to go and Scarf stays home. No, I like the other one better. Either way, well, fine, maybe you do. But here's the thing. It's like, <laughs> that's the part that worries me. It's like, how many of us are going to go? How many of us are going to get to go often? How is this lottery going to work? You got 22,000 people that fit in Bank of California Stadium with approximately 17 to 18,000 season ticket holders. I'm quite nervous as to how this is going to play out. However, it is a step in the right direction. Emperor Newsom is opening the gates. So if we're going to get to go to Bank of California Stadium, that probably means we're going to get to go see some Dodger games. That probably means I'm finally going to be able to see a Rams game. I feel like the Rams have just been separating me from my wallet. And I've got nothing to show for it but credit card debt. Anyways, exciting stuff in the horizon. Really looking forward to it. And... No, I mean, the club doesn't really know what they're going to do. We don't know what they're going to do. But obviously, as as the world starts to open up, 
more and more of us are going to get to go to the bank and more and more of us are going to get to tailgate, meaning more and more of us are going to get to hang out and do shoeies. We miss all of you so much. Look, the important date to circle on your calendar for now March is... March 20th. Well, that, that's Scar's that's, birthday. That's my birthday. Thank you so much. That's We will talk about that date as it relates to our friend Remy Martin at the end of the podcast. But the important date to circle right now is April 17th. That's the tentative season kickoff date for Major League Soccer. And the question that everyone will be looking at heading into that date, April 17th. We'll have tax return money by then. Possibly. That's ho- the big hopefully question. we'll get that stimulus by then. Which I've got your stimulus. You right hold here. on, sir. Which tier will LA County be in? And we'll put it very, very simply. If we are in the red tier, which it looks like we will soon be if we're not already in it on March 6th. I could be wrong. Where's Josh Albrickson when we need him? Red tier means we can get 20% capacity at Bank of California Stadium. The orange tier, they've gone plaid. The orange <laughs> tier can be 33%. That's the baseball's <laughs> reference in five So far, so good. 33% capacity in the orange tier and 67% capacity, two-thirds capacity, in the yellow tier. Don't ask us what those tiers mean right now. Wait, you can, so what tier are we in? Right now, like literally as I looked this up a couple of days ago, we were in the purple tier, but I know that wasn't one of the options on the thing, but it looks like they are fully expecting us by April 1st to be comfortably in the red tier, if not inching closer to the orange tier. So we could see between 20 and 33% at the start of the season. And who knows, as the season progresses, as people get vaccinated more and more, as we get healthier and healthier as a city, as a state, as a nation, and as a world, we could be getting closer and closer to getting as full of a Bank of California stadium as we can. And with that, we will smoothly segue to our second topic, which will be some scheduling with the scarf, Woo-wee! the preseason edition. Philly, we're doing pretty well for an episode we haven't recorded in like a month. We've already got our wait. What? what moment of the podcast? Now we've got scheduling with the scarf. We've got and two spaceballs references. Two spaceballs. Oh, spaceballs! The movie. Love it <laughs> One, so two, three, much. Four. That's the combination of my luggage. <laughs> Remind me to change the combination on my luggage. Merchandising. Preseason. More of by the way. We're working on it. The preseason edition. Let's talk about well the day before my birthday, March nineteenth. March 19th, LAFC will be holding an intra-squad scrimmage, which is closed to everyone. No media, no fans, no nothing, but it's happening at Bank of California Stadium. March 19th at 10.30 a.m. will be the first action of the 2021 preseason, an intra-squad scrimmage, that's easy to say, an intra-squad scrimmage on March 19th at 10.30. Flash forward to April 3rd, which again, should be, should be two days into Emperor Newsom's new regulations. We will be facing the New England Revolution, which in a game that has already been announced as closed to the public and media to be determined. And that's an 11 a.m. start time, April 3rd. And one week later, April 10th, against the New England Revolution, which again has been announced as closed to the public, media to be determined, and start time to be determined for that game as well. We don't know a lot of information about that April 10th match, but here's what we know. All three of those matches, March 19th, April 3rd, April 10th, 
all at Bank of California Stadium. So if you're tall and you can see over those like black coverings on the gates, maybe they'll let you sneak a peek. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But Philly, we're very excited because this MLS season, we have a brand new team that'll be in the Western Conference, Western Division, the Fighting Al Rates. All right, all right, all right. Can't wait for Austin FC. This is going to be so much fun, or as we we lovingly call them, FC Broccoli. If you've seen their crest, you know why we call them FC Broccoli. They are going Verde in Austin. So it'll be fun. Really exciting news that we'll be able to see Austin, at least on TV, maybe not in the stadium. We don't know. But Philly, some sad news in our state capital, the Sacramento Republic. Philly, I think you would have been the richest single owner in Major League Soccer, the pride of Pomona, California, Ron Burkle, the billionaire <laughs> Ron Burkle, pulling out of his deal to bring the Sacramento Republic, bring a stadium at the rail yards, and bring our state capital into Major League Soccer. He's got billions. He was like in the top 500 on Forbes' richest people in the world. It was a sack town sacking. It's quite unfortunate considering the fact that this gentleman made a substantial amount of money in the hospitality industry. But Lord knows over the course of the past 370, no, not 360 It's been a long time. I mean, yeah, we're about a year. I think at this point, if we go back in time a year from now, we were one week away from like all hell breaking loose and we didn't even know it. Uh, Yeah, hospitality. Hospitality didn't do too well. And clearly... His portfolio didn't do too well because he sacked Sacktown. And it's an unfortunate thing. And what I really feel for is the supporter base. How how gut-wrenching can it be to know that you have a team, you've been building it up, you're about to jump into, uh, into the shark tank with the elites, and then your owner decides last minute to pull out and surrender. Giggity? Sad, sad. Sacktown sacking. It, it guts me, but... That does open the doors for other places. I know what you're hoping for. I'll say it right now. I know what he wants. I know it. I know it. We're going to keep it in the state of California, aren't we, Philly? Maybe go down south, a couple, couple hundred, maybe 120 miles or so? Yeah, I was kind of thinking a little more out east into the desert. About, about a 50-minute flight out from Burbank. We got a little something rising in the desert, if you will. Well, not rising. I, I I'd like to see some bright lights. Oh, I'd okay. like to see some bright lights. All right, so so we're gonna segue into that. That's a solid segue. But I do want to mention one thing first. Sacramento Republic and LAFC actually have a little bit of a history. I was hoping to explore this quote unquote rivalry a little bit more. I was hoping that you know San Jose might have a friend to play in the sandbox with because nobody really cares about them all the way up there. Remember, we played them in our very first preseason. It was kind of a chippy affair, too. And then we also played them in the Open Cup, and that was a very hard-fought 3-2 victory that we had in the Open Cup. That was a team that played us tough, even though they were members of the USL. Really bummed about this whole Sacramento thing. But, Philly, you mentioned it. You mentioned it. The Las Vegas Lights and LAFC a match made in our own personal heaven, but some really exciting news for the black and gold and the neon blue, yellow, pink, whatever colors of Las Vegas lights. So the MLS has maintained relations with USL. Whoa. And some teams have stuck by each other and maintained 
a monogamous relationship. I'll stand by you. <laughs> LAFC, on the other hand, I'll stand by you. Practicing what they used to practice in Utah back in the day. Polygamy. And what I mean by that is we were floozies as far as our relationship with USL. We were. We had relations with Orange County. Woo. We had relations with Phoenix Rising. True. We had relations with FC Tucson. Yep. And we had relations with the Las Vegas Lights. Fito. Shout out Fito and Dayon, yep. for that matter. Yeah, Fito definitely went to Las Vegas. If you ask me, out of all of these choices, who would I want to get in bed with? We could easily go an hour down south, maybe two and a half with traffic to Orange County. That's kind of cool. Maintain a very close relationship. We can fly out to Phoenix in the desert, hang out with the cacti and chill with the rising. We can stay within the great state of Arizona and go to FC Tucson. Or we can just live our lives in the most insane fashion that we could (laughs) and partner up with the Las Vegas lights. If you ask me, Vegas, 11 out of 10 times when you tell when you throw everybody else in there. No disrespect to Tucson or anywhere else, but it's all Vegas for me. LAFC. Did you just say no disrespect to Tucson when talking about Vegas? <laughs> you know what's funny? I, I think Tucson knows where it stands in terms of Vegas. Well, I can tell you where Family Guy thinks Tucson stands. <laughs> you remember when Peter had the traveling gig and all of a sudden he's traveling all over the world and he becomes like the most refined, most intelligent yes. person? Yes. And then they decide to send him to Tucson, which quote unquote the dumbest place in the world, Yeesh. and he comes back. Back as Peter Griffin. Right. I've never been to Tucson. I don't know, but Family Guy usually hits things correctly. Look, I've been to Tucson. There are some great people in Tucson. And by the way, shout out to the good people of Tucson. We appreciate We know you guys are big fans of the podcast. We appreciate it. Absolutely. And the relationship is going to be as such. LAFC is going to handle the sporting operations. All right? So the Las Vegas Lights players are going to be trained by LAFC folk. The Lights would run the business side. And what that means to me is $2 shots. Promotion. Llamas. The kiddie pools right by the pitch. Yes, sir. And here's, here's, here's what they used to do that was fun. Eric Winalda, there was a situation where he was dumping money onto Cashman Field. And the next thing you know, the lights dumped Eric Winalda. Do you think there's a correlation? I don't know. But the nice thing is we've got a relationship with the Las Vegas lights. And you know what, Scarf? Here's another smooth segue. We put the correct man to handle this task. Look, I am so excited for the Las Vegas Lights, not just because of Vegas, baby, Vegas. Oh my God, that's about 87% of it. But Philly, could we have a better person leading the way for the Las Vegas Lights than Steve Chirundolo, the U.S. men's national team right back legend? We're talking 87 caps, 06 World Cup, 2010 World Cup, 2005 Gold Cup winner with the U.S. men's national team. And Philly, I know this tugs at your heartstrings, a Bundesliga legend, 16 years at Hanover 96, 370 caps, pretty much his entire career spent in the German Bundesliga And he has been coaching at some of the highest levels, including his last stop, the U15s of Germany. He was an assistant coach there. This is a guy who knows not just the game. Obviously, he is of the highest order when it comes to talking about game situations because he has lived through all of it. But what Steve Chirundolo is known for is developing 
talent. And what we are going to use Las Vegas Lights FC for is to get all those young kids, the Christian Torreses, the Tony Leones, the Eric Duaneuses, the Mahala Opokus, so many of these teenagers that we've got on the team. Maybe Bryce Duke gets some run. I'm just so excited for everybody to be able to get some run with Las Vegas Lights, get some competitive minutes, and then make the couple-hour drive or the 45-minute to an hour flight back to LAFC to do all the training. You mentioned that Vegas is going to be handling all the business side of everything. LAFC is going to be handling all the training side of everything. It's such a great match made in heaven. And honestly, Philly, it looked like the Las Vegas Lights were either about to fold or just knew about the acquisition by LAFC for quite a while. They made very little moves in the offseason. And this is a perfect partnership. So excited. Las Vegas Lights... Steve Chirundolo, let's go. Absolutely. And speaking of LAFC, there's a change. You talked about those kits that the lights done. Well, there's new he, kits. He said kits, by kits. the way. Kits. Kits. We're talking about kits. K is in kilo. Uh, yeah. Of what? <laughs> <laughs> That's all you, my friend. <laughs> That's, wow, you kind of, I'm a little tongue-tied. I didn't think you would go there with that joke. But anyway, kits. Folks, kits. So, the black jersey that debuted last season is still going to be the kit that we are going to primarily use this season. And I hope at this point you've noticed that there's a pattern. There's a jersey that makes it through to the next season. There's a new jersey that gets developed. New jersey. And then they keep flip-flopping back and forth. Why? Well, because it's a nice way to make a couple of bucks. Why? Because everybody else does it. Why? Because, well... They know that suckers like me are always going to separate themselves from their wallet and buy kits. We like kits. And this kit in particular, it, it's got no, it's, it's, what can we say? It's been a po- very polarizing kit. It is certainly polarizing. If we're going to talk and compare it to wrestling, something you and I love dearly, okay. we could compare it to that of a John Cena. Apparently, there's a lot of people that love it and a lot of people that hate it. They, it it's linen. That's right, linen. Kind of like a beige. And it says Los Angeles on the sleeves. However, there's no kit sponsor. So there's a lot of boo birds out there complaining about the kit. We haven't seen the full kit because we don't even know at this point who the sponsor is going to be. Or do we? You'll never t- you will not, we won't tell until it becomes official. But anyway, we the don't. jersey is not complete, okay? And yes, you're absolutely correct. If you're a Premier League fan, Manchester United used a similar kit in the 2019-2020 season. When they finished third place behind Liverpool and Manchester City. What How- place What place are you guys in currently? What? Manchester United. Does it matter at this I'm point? I'm just curious. Where's AFC Richmond? AFC Richmond is the top of the second. Fictional character scar. Fictional. We're, we're by the winning. way, shout out to Ted Lasso, baby. Yeah. Winning those awards. Did anybody see his speech, by the way? He was in a tie-dye hoodie. He may or may not have been under the influence of some, uh, some marijuana. Well, we're usually on the influence of some Bud Light seltzer or Corona I can't believe you got that stuff, by the way. It's it's like drinking a, a, I don't know, it's just not good. Hold on. Classic lime margarita Bud Light seltzer. It's awful. You know what? Keep going with your thing. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, they're linen, okay? They're linen. They have Los Angeles on the sleeve. No kid sponsor. Let's wait till we see the fully finished product before we start booing it. Because I know there's going to be plenty of you that are going to buy it. I, myself included, one way or another, maybe this is the year that we earn more trophies and do damage. You're not going to want to have that kit in your collection? We all are. But that's the story as far as the kits are concerned. Look, hot take from the scarf. 
I actually like it. I like it too. I, I don't like have an issue with it. I, I know it's been getting lambasted on social media right now. I really wanted a pink jersey, by the way. Uh, the pink jersey. I mean, it's out. the The practice kit is there. You can go purchase the yeah, pink jersey. But we want a pink jersey. We got all that pink gear. I got pink sambas. We got we got pink jackets. We do. We do. Uh, but I'll say this. I think it looks kind of clean. I don't know why. I, uh, other people say plain, and I get plain. I get what you're saying. I get like, oh, it doesn't really jump off the the kit like you know our, our first one did. I still think our first kit, the original black kit with the red play button, still think that's my favorite kit. However, I've actually grown a liking to uh, our two white kits recently. I've been wearing those a little bit recently. But Wait, I'll say I mean, this. Which white, which white kit do you like more? Oh, season I, one or season two? Season, the original white kit for sure. That's definitely my favorite. But by the way, I've been told by several people that anytime I wear a white kit, the both different kits that I've worn, they said, oh, it blends in with your gray hair so nicely. Thank you for all of you giving me that wonderful compliment. Appreciate it. However, maybe linen will blend in a little bit less with my gray hair. I don't know. Maybe it'll blend in just the same. Don't care. Gray what? Gray hair. So I'm happy about it. Anyway, I, I, I like the kit. I'm just saying I like the kit. I'm okay Philly, with it. I'm really excited, though, not about the kits, but about our partnership with the kids. This yes. is super. Look at the smooth segues that we've got going God, on. God, we're of the good. It's been a month, and yet we're smoother than ever. So you might have to, I don't know, maybe stop making fun of real Salty Lake, at least in, in one way, shape, or form, because nope. we've partnered with a, a real good youth program. See what I did there? I'm kind of upset that I did that. LAFC and Real SoCal. In a partnership, a match made in heaven. We look first, we get the Las Vegas Lights partnership. Now we get the Real SoCal partnership. This is going to be incredible. We have formed LAFC SoCal Youth, which, and I'm going to quote an MLS soccer, that's Major League Soccer, soccer.com article. It extends the club's player development reach to over four thousand youth players in the Real SoCal and West Valley Soccer League programs. The best part is that those 4,000 are now going to be wearing black and gold and have access to the professional staff and player methodology. Look at this, Philly. In just four years now, because it's our fourth season on the pitch, and in about five years almost total as a club, we have now almost pretty much completed the pipeline from youth soccer to academy soccer to USL and to the big club LAFC. The circle is complete. The pipeline is built. And it's just a matter of time before we complete the takeover of all things Major League Soccer, raise MLS Cup, and just start churning out players to Europe and to the big five leagues and to everywhere else and beyond, not usually La Liga 2, but to you know leagues that, that matter. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun to see where LAFC is able to take this partnership, Philly. We're starting with the little guys and bringing them all the way up to the parent club i am so excited real socal lafc socal youth created from all of this it's going to be incredible breaking hearts and setting trends worldwide that's what we're all about here in los angeles breaking hearts and setting trends no doubt this is going to be an exciting thing and it's got such a nice ring to it scarf real socal yeah better than real 
Salt Lake. I mean, it just it still sounds silly. true, true. But I don't, I don't believe it's Real SoCal anymore. Right now, it's LAFC SoCal Youth. I mean, either way, I so still like that. it. I Billy, still you're like it. you're the numbers guy, right? You're the guy that deals with financial stuff. I and try to count well. That's that's your living. Uh, the the LAFC has released some details, or at least I think it was Bank of California released some details regarding the stadium naming rights deal. And and look. We know that they cut their deal short, but it actually turned out to be a, a profitable thing for LAFC, no? Money, money, money must be funny in a rich man's world. Look, yeah, we do know that Bank of California and LAFC have ended their naming rights deal. This was announced back in May of 2020. Bank of California agreed in 2016 to basically 15 years, $100 million deal, and they were going to put their name on this $350 million stadium that was built for LAFC. Yes. Now, Bank of California... And by the way, we thought, as a podcast, hey, we've got 15 years to be called Defenders of the... Bank. bank. Yeah, we won't have to worry about changing our names. Now we're good. 15 years, we'll we'll get things figured out. Woo! Yeah, we're going to have a bit of a dilemma on our hands <laughs> Oops. down the road. You know what? The YouTube Center Defenders or Defenders of Toyotas or... If, I, if Target sponsors, right? It's Defenders of the Bullseye? Defenders no. of the bu- Bullseye Defenders. I mean, there's Whoa, a lot that's, of ways... That's a totally different podcast. <laughs> there's a lot of ways we can go with it. But anyway, the story goes that Bank of California would pay $20.1 million to LAFC to nix and close and finalize this deal. Now, LAFC, over the course of the past three years, has managed to pocket $36 bucks. That's $12 million a year over three years. 12 times 3 is 36. That's true. So, what they ended up doing, they made them more money because had they kept the same deal, $6.67 million per year is what had been pocketed otherwise. So, LAFC kind of makes out pretty well in this case. But the problem is, we're in a global pandemic. Who's going to shell out all this money to a, to a sports arena? Well, we don't know that. There are companies out there that still made money despite the pandemic and, and made money hand over fist. But for the time being, we're going to be known as Bank of California Stadium. We'll probably always refer to it. As the bank, when you and I are 80 and, and, and 77, respectively, we're because pro- I'm younger. Yeah, he's he's younger. We'll probably still be known as the defenders of the bank. Why? <laughs> Why do they call it the bank, Dad? Because those guys are retro. Granddad. Those guys are antiques. Those guys, they're made of mothballs. We're relics. They're pickled. Look at Philly. He's still drinking out of his shoe out of a wheelchair. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Except now it's in an IV bag shaped like a shoe. <laughs> and Scarf is finally wearing his scarf. It is 77 years of age in his wheelchair because he's freezing his tail off Keeps at 97 degrees. But yeah, that's the story. Obviously, we're going to find that out down the road. We'll figure out what we call ourselves. But the hunt for a new name begins. Hopefully it's already begun. But yeah, I'm thinking maybe Defenders of Bitcoin Arena. I don't know what we're going to be able to Defenders of the a... Crypto. I mean, that just sounds that's, gangster. That's, that sounds like a horror movie, Defenders of the Crypt. You are wearing one of those LAFC Fiend Club shirts, so yeah. it kind of fits. Walk Among Us. This one's kind of neat. I like it. It's the uh, Die Die Carson Galaxy one. Thank you so much for you guys out there on the Instagrams. Philly, this takes us to our player news portion of the podcast, but... Before we can get to all the players, Philly, 
There's a reason why our players usually stay as healthy as they do and perform as well as they do on the pitch. And that is because of our great training staff and another great segue. Yeah, Sean Kupiak, our head athletic trainer, and Luis Ramirez, honored as the 2020 PSATs Athletic Training Staff of the Year. PSATs, PSATs, not to be confused with those pesky practice tests that you might have taken back in high school. PSATs, for those of you who don't know, I love acronyms. I love figuring them out. I I didn't know what this meant until you looked it up. Professional Soccer Athletic Trainers Society. This was an award given to these boys, to Sean and to Luis, because they're awesome. And what I mean by that is they're awesome. But what I'm getting at is the fact that in this crazy day and age, athletic trainers had to get creative to keep athletes in shape. And what these boys did, the regimens that they put the players through, the the Zoom conferences, the different exercises, the, the boys were in shape. There's no way... You would look at our boys on the pitch and go, oh, God, these guys maybe gained a couple of pounds. Maybe Carlos Vale a little bit. But it's Carlos Vale. He could do anything. So, yes, these boys got awarded a very prestigious and distinctive award, the PSATS 2020 Athletic Trainer Staff of the Year. Congratulations. Yet again, we're acquiring respectability. We're acquiring trophies and, and hardware as far as how we run operations. We just need to win trophies as far as how our team performs. All right, so there's no smooth segue to this. For the next couple of minutes, we're going to talk about everybody's favorite third designated player who's not really our third designated player right now, Brian Rodriguez. First off, first off, before yes, we get into him, yes, sir. I'm disappointed with you. What did I do? We promised the millions. And millions. Song. Yes. A Brian song. But but here's the I thing. had guitar chords. No, I'm with you. Where's the continuation of Brian? If- Dearly departed to Almeria Brian. Right, right, right. Here's the thing. It's just getting worse and worse for my guy, Brian. I've rewritten several verses. I hope it includes one about him being a player from another planet. Listen, (laughs) I know you saw that. I I did. I saw that. It's because things have not gone. Look, I'll say this. Here's here's what I wrote down. I said, so far, his time at Almeria has been restful. (laughs) It's been restful. Let's talk about the four matches since Brian Rodriguez has been out on loan with UD Almeria. On the 14th, Valentine's Day, mm. day won, three to one. Brian Rodriguez, on the bench, did not play. Mm, he's on that Valentine's hard candy on I'm, the bench. I mean, there was he something. Crack the 18. Uh, he cracked the 18. Sure. On the 17th, this is the most valuable player on their team, according to Transfer Market. On the 17th, Almeria lost 2-1. On the bench, he subbed in, however, in the 85th minute. So he played the final five minutes and the seven minutes of stoppage time as Philly breaks things here in the studio. And luckily, Brian was on the field when their opponent scored the game-winning goal and won 2-1. to one. So not exactly the debut that you would want if you were Brian Rodriguez. Next match, just four days later, another loss, this time 2-0, but again, that 85th minute, that's when they wait to bring in their big gun, Brian Rodriguez. He played the final five minutes and the final five minutes of added time. Nothing to show for it. So how do they get back to their winning ways, Philly? They sit him on the bench for the next match, and he doesn't play at all, and they win 4-1. to one. So, so let's go over the four games that Brian has played. In their two wins, he has not moved from the bench. In their two losses, 
He has subbed in in the 85th minute both times, one time being on the pitch for the game-winning goal for the opposition. Four games, 22 minutes of total action, and the team has gone from second to third in the qualification standings table. The reason why that's important, Philly, is because if Almeria finishes in the top two, they are automatically promoted from La Liga 2 to La Liga, and they get to play against the Real Madrids and the Barcelonas and the Atletico Madrids and the Osasunas and, and all of those teams. If they finish third, fourth, fifth, or sixth, Philly, of which they are currently in, they have to go into a round-robin tournament where I believe three plays six, four plays five, a two-legged semifinal followed by a two-legged final, and they haven't exactly been world beaters since Rayito has come. And here's the thing. If they don't gain promotion, I think we're getting Brian Rodriguez back in May. I don't think they can afford his buyout unless they move up to La Liga from La Liga Two, And that has been your Brian Rodriguez on loan update. Brian Rodriguez, however, Philly, also named to the 35-man Uruguayan men's national team qualifying roster for Olympic qualifying matches, along with the man who scored the first goal against the Sounders. And that three-year anniversary just took place not that long ago, That's Scarf. right. That's LAFC retweeted our tweet. Yes. Yay. Yay. Being retweeted by the club. We I, love I that. Was, I was there. I was at the match with Nina. We were there. Yes, he was. And he had so many pictures, but none of him and Nina. She has all the pictures of us two together. Yeah, well, it's not like she's going to hear this, so it doesn't really matter. Oh, boy. Our significant others don't bother listening to our podcasts. It's probably because they can hear us through this door and they already like bear witness to they it. Are the shenanigans, the, the flatulence, everything that you know you guys don't get to hear because we you know we edit from time to time, but yeah, they don't listen to us. Anyway, here's an interesting thing before I get into like Diego Rossi's being selected to play for Uruguay. Yes. If and at this point it's probably a big it's more of like a when at this point, but like if and when Raito returns, yes, there's gonna be some strangeness going on. And I don't know if you picked up on this. Okay. The roster that came out. Yes. Oh, oh man. I know where you're going. Yes. So. Yes. Mark Anthony K for the three Cana- seasons. The Canadian glory machine. Has worn what number? 14. In fact, wait, is, wasn't there one where he wore like 11 for, a, for a, a press conference or a picture taking or something? Al Rate would know. Al, hit us up on Twitter or Instagram. Let us know. But yes, 14. Brian Rodriguez wears what number? Well, he wore... 17 while he was here. Now, unless it's a typo. I don't think And actually, it was. if you look at there, I don't know if they listed Tristan Blackman correctly. I think he might have been listed as a forward somewhere. Uh, I'll, well, that's, I mean. That's not correct. He may not be starting at right back if we play our new guys. Yeah, you never know. But Mark Anthony K jacked Raito's jersey number. If you go to that roster list that LAFC posted not that long ago, I mean, even Central's posted it. We use a lot of uh, Central's info. He's, he's, he's doing quite well, by the way. He's getting a lot of inside scoop stuff. But yes, Mark Anthony K has Raito's number. Shout out to our, our friend Blake. Yeah, shout out to Blake. 17 belongs to Mark Anthony K. Yeah. So to me, yeah. I, I don't know why K would have done this unless it's a, it's sending a message. It's like, hey, you know what? If you come back, because we've been watching your four games, if you come back, maybe it's not going to be to open arms. 
And I, it's just going to be really weird. And I would say mildly tragic to see him come back because I don't know how his teammates are going to accept him. I definitely know how the majority of the fan base <laughs> is going to accept him. But here's a guy who was panning to, to go to Serie A to play for for, for Cagliari and, and Sampdoria and, and several other clubs. Lazio, I think, was another one. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I didn't hear Lazio. That would have been an interesting one. Go, going to Roma, that would have been a really interesting one. But he's having a tough time cracking a second division team in Spain. I don't know, man. Like this, this is a continuous. It continues to be a mystery to me. But he still was selected to play for the for the national team of Uruguay. When we were talking about how well Uruguay did in the past, I think they were the number three team in the world. Since then, they've dropped to eighth, behind Belgium, France, Brazil, England, Portugal, Spain, and Argentina. And they're only two spots ahead of Italy. Yes, and if you were wondering. Romania is currently 37th because we, were not. we all know the land of Dracula is always on your minds. But Diego Rossi, he gets selected once again to represent his country. He gets selected once again Sorry, to represent... Philly's short-circuited there for a minute. I don't know if you guys caught that, but literally the lights were on, but no one was home for like four seconds there. Philly, I was wondering, yeah, by I the way... I forgot what I was going to say. You, was, you looked over at me, you looked over at the screen. Well, like, I was wondering... What's going I, on? Overload, overload, ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. I don't see Germany. Yeah, Germany's out of the top ten. It's uh, it's quite it's quite sad. Die Mannschaft is getting shafted quite, quite candidly on the global scale. But we're not talking about that. Diego Rossi. He gets selected to play for Uruguay again, and that's a fantastic thing. We want to see the man feature. He hasn't really gotten much burn. Raito's gotten a lot of burn for the national team, but we want to see Rossi. Lord knows Rossi deserves some playing time. Now, his time overseas, though, is going to be cut short, so he's not going to really miss that much of preseason, which is a good thing, Scarf. So, yes, congratulations to Raito. He still kind of belongs to us. And an even bigger (laughs) congratulations to Diego Rossi, who once again gets selected to play for Uruguay. At this point, not a top five anymore, but a top ten team in the world. Germany, by the way, number 13, three spots behind Italy. That is right. Thought I would let you know. Philly, some very exciting news coming out of Montreal as our buddy Slim Coda's favorite LAFC player of all. All time (laughs) was back in the news, a retirement and a move into coaching for the first captain in club history. And he's now Philly, the assistant coach of the Foot Clan. Club de Foot Montreal. That's yeah. You know how we've like poke fun at, at team names. Montreal's the Foot Clan. I mean, that's it. There's there's we didn't have anything like funny to say about them, but they're the Foot Clan. They changed their name from the impact to club to foot. Yeah, they're a foot clan. So if you're a Ninja Turtle fan, you'll remember foot clan. And yes, congrats to Simon. He is their assistant coach, but a sad news as far as MLS is concerned. And I actually feel kind of bad. Thierry Henry, their gaffer, 29 games as the main man there, sporting a 9-4 and 16 record. Not very good. Resigned February 25th on the eve of training camp. On the eve of training camp, he bounces because he's citing family issues. The fact that, well, you know, that he'd have to live in the States for a while and, and all that other jazz. And he ends up going back to London. To me, Henri as a player was unreal. But as a manager, 
You know, he didn't crack it really well at, at Monaco. And, you know, it was really exciting to see him in Major League Soccer. He but led them to the playoffs. He did, which we figured they'd turn things around. But to me, you he clearly thought about this a long time ago. Like, on the eve of training camp, you bounce. Well, also, I, didn't the Burnmouth job become available or something like that? Yeah, too? I mean, like, he ends up going to... The story has yet to unfold. Like, you're not going to bounce on your team this way unless you got something up else up your sleeve. And to me, like, not getting to spend time with your family, it, it doesn't cut it. Especially, like, you're coaching in Montreal. Montreal will probably be bubbled in the U.S., but, like, you move with your, back to your family in London. You were away from your family regardless. So, to me, I apologize for all you Arsenal fans out there. Unless he picks up another Gaffer job, I think what he did was a cowardly move. That's my take. I think even, I feel bad for the Foot Clan. I think even if he picks up another job, it's it's kind of underhanded. It's he's leaving his team right at the beginning of the season. They got a scramble. They it's, got a new logo. Of the, the, <laughs> the the snowflake that we're going to be a family friendly. They're show they're and, they're a club of feet. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's not, <laughs> not great, my, but I don't know. Just even saying that might make me want to leave. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! Our, our team's called the Foot. Like I'm out, I'm out of here. Dude. But you know what? They do get our first captain, Laurent Simon. Congratulations on a wonderful career, Laurent, and good luck with Montreal. He becomes the You're second. Gonna need it. He becomes the second former LAFC player to sign on as an assistant this year as Benny Failhaber signed on as an assistant for Sporting Kansas City on February 26th. Philly, let's transition into the under-23 segment of our podcast and a player that I want to mention because he's one of our newer acquisitions, Philly. Goalkeeper, likely third keeper, and shout out to our buddy Philip Edgemadu. We miss you, man, and we hope you land on your feet somewhere. You were a great friend of the podcast. But the pride of El Salvador, Tomas Romero. And Georgetown. That's right. He was a Hoya destroyer in goal. National champion, too. One of LAFC's newest acquisitions, Thomas Romero was named to El Salvador's 50, 50 player preliminary roster for Olympic qualifying. Congratulations to Thomas Romero. Although there'll be some decision-making happening in just a couple of days on March 8th, El Salvador has to cut that list from 50 to 20 to submit their final roster. So we'll see if Thomas Romero is still on the U23s. And Philly, a bit of a surprise from the U.S. men's national team under 23 camp as an LAFC player able to stick after like the first cuts and stuff. Marco Farfan gets chosen. By Jason Kreis. Thanks, Jason. The very first gaffer for NYCFC, by the way. Yes, that is right. He picked up our young defender. Training camp is going to begin. It's ahead of the CONCACAF Men's Olympic Qualifying Championship in Guadalajara, Mexico. This is going to be really exciting stuff. Hopefully the young man cracks the starting, cracks the roster, cracks the starting lineup, and they're going to be playing pretty soon, Scarf. The U.S. is going to play in uh, in a match on March 18th against Costa Rica at 2 p.m. They face the Dominican Republic on the 21st at 4, and then, here's a big match, and then they cap things all off with the big exclamation point. The match against Mexico on the 24th at 6.30. So hopefully we get to see some far fun action in that game. But congratulations to Marco. Congratulations to Tomas. This is good stuff, man, when our boys are getting to represent their national teams, regardless of what level, whether it's the senior team, the U23, and oh, wait. 
We've got some more. This is my time to make a smooth segue, my man. We're going from U23 to U17 now, Scarf. Absolutely. Look, all eyes will be on those two rosters March 8th to see if Farfan and Romero make it, but three players that we don't have to worry about whether or not they are going to be on the roster for L3's U17. That's right. The Mexican national team's under-17 squad has... Not one, not two. I feel like LeBron, we're going to win not one, not two, not three. That didn't go very well for LeBron, but that's okay. It'll go well for these boys. We've got three boys headed to Mexico's under-17 camp. Eric Duenas at right back, Tony Leone at center back, and forward Christian Torres. We know them as the first three academy players to sign a professional contract with LAFC. Of course, Christian Torres playing over 200 minutes as a 16-year-old, scoring a game-tying goal against Portland. We saw Eric Duenas play real well and real hard in the moments that he got. Still hoping for Tony Leone to get those first minutes with the big club. But Philly, how cool must this be? Look... Here's the thing about the young guys, though. They have been on national team radar for quite some time. Leone has rep both U.S. and Mexico at the national levels, and Christian Torres in the U15 USA team. So it's going to be real interesting. I got to go back and look and see when players actually have to commit, if it's U23s or if it's with the national teams. I know Efren Alvarez down the road in Carson, they've got a whole thing, a little tug of war between USA and Mexico. But the coolest part is these boys are being noticed. They've been noticed as early as like 13 and 14. Are you kidding me? At 13 and 14, I was just trying to be able to tie my shoes and walk at the same time. I was wearing Velcro. There, there you go. That, that's about right. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm just, glue tastes good. I'm so proud of these guys. We've been able to watch them, especially what Eric Duenas in particular, right? It was like how it started, how it's going. That was a great tweet from LAFC. The kid is like a fetus out there on the soccer field. He was like 9 or 10 or 11. I don't even know. He just looked like such a baby face out there. And then there he is on the pitch in Major League Soccer playing significant minutes. These are the kind of stories that you dream of when you follow a club. That kid that comes from the academy and comes all the way through. We're going to see that even more now with the Real SoCal partnership. It's going to be incredible. I just We're so proud of these guys here at Defenders of the Bank. Tony Leone. Eric Duenas, Christian Torres, part of L Trees, U17s, and I believe Philly. That rounds out the player portion of the podcast. But a guy who's not a player, but he crushes a lot. That's right. Uh, Remy big Martin. Pun. Yeah, big pun. Yes, big pun suiting up with LAFC. Remy Martin's got some work to do, Philly, as LAFC's E. MLS season. Shout out to our buddy Alex Sale. More on him maybe in an episode or two. You never know. Remy Martin's got some work to do, Philly. There's a last chance qualifier coming up. And Remy, look, last season went pretty well for Remy. He finished fifth. He played really well. He ended the season trending upward. Unfortunately, COVID crushed the latter portion of the season. So we were able to crush it for LAFC's foundation and raise some good money online via Twitch. Thank you to LAFC Gaming for that. (laughs) But but Philly, he came into this season in the, I believe, 13th spot coming into the EMLS Cup Finals. Only the top 11 automatically make it, 
And you're going to tell us more about that in a second. But March 16th and 17th, Remy Martin is going to have to play his way in to the EMLS Cup final tournament with the last chance qualifier. It is a winner-take-all tournament for the final berth. And here's the crazy thing. Last year, Remy had to play the winner of the last chance qualifier. He was the five in the 5-12 matchup. And Philly, unfortunately, just like in the NCAA tournament, you always have to watch out for that 5-12 matchup, right? We got bit by the 5-12. Well, this year, we're hoping to do the same to whomever is in fifth. I don't remember, unfortunately. But the 5-12 matchup hopefully will be Remy's. We will be playing Atlanta United's Enzo. Now, Philly. Enzo. Enzo, yeah, Enzo, not named after the Ferrari. I'll tell you why. What about the wrestler? The entire because you can't beat that. Well, here's the That's thing. That's new wrestling. I don't know if you know no, that guy. No, here's the thing. You can beat Enzo the entire EMLS season. It's like 24, 26 games. He won just one more game than you and I did all season for the EMLS season. Just one more. He tied a match. He won a match earned four points on the season total all of them it was like second highest goal differential got crushed so remy remy's gonna eat in the first round remy's gonna eat remy has to win the entire last chance qualifier philly to move on to the finals which happens to also be an extended birthday party for me right philly indeed indeed now you were talking about the boys from the u17 team yes dreams are made on the pitch Well, in this case, dreams are going to be made on Twitch because March 20th, the birthday of the scarf, the man, the myth, the legend turns 57, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, he has gotten older than me in the span of a year. Unbelievable. He's not really 57. It's more like 38, 38. Scarf is turning 38 on March 20th. And March 20th is when the EMLS Cup starts all right there's going to be two days worth of matches i think overall when all is said and done seventy thousand dollars in total prize money i'm in seventy thousand dollars in total prize money i wish i can go back in time and and relay this message to my mother who yelled at me when disconnect (laughs) my playstation and my super nintendos and go you're never gonna make anything out of yourself playing video games ha you better be nice to your mother, sir. I love my mama. But it's kind of funny. Like, if you would have, like, told me back in the day that you could make money playing video games, like, I, I wouldn't believe you. These boys have an opportunity to earn a very good sum of money. And you can tune in via three different mediums. Twitch.tv slash MLS. Twitter.com slash MLS. And MLS Soccer Soccer.com. The favorite, though, folks. Yeah. The kid from the New Jersey Energy Drinks. He is the reigning, defending, undisputed EMLS Cup champion of 2020. He is the player to watch out. As is FC Cincinnati's dude, the fiddle. But Remy does have his work cut out for him, Scarf. March 20th through the 21st, perhaps Remy can bring another trophy into the LAFC cabinet. And we could get to celebrate not only your birthday, but an EMLS Cup trophy. What do you think the odds are of that? I am all for celebrating any trophy. Hopefully, we'll celebrate on your birthday. That's 100%. I mean, certainty. yes, we will celebrate on my birthday. I think I'm already, I've started sure. celebrating now. I think, I think you have. My goodness. Uh, look, I, I'm excited to see how we can do what we can do. And, and Remy ended the season on such a high note 
last year that you know I was really hoping he would be able to carry it all the way through. And by the way, you got McDonald's. We, we would be playing Phil B of the Toronto FC if Remy makes it to that last chance qualifier. Oh. Yeah, Adamu, you mentioned he he is a favorite. Diddy Crislito. Of oh, your NYCFC, yeah. I believe he's won both tournaments they've had so yeah, far he's this done year. Pretty good. So it's going to be fun. Look, uh, we we wanted to give our, our buddy Alex Sale a little shout out here, and of course to Remy Martin, LAFC Gaming. Make sure you guys are following them on all the social media outlets. He's got a sweet room provided by McDonald's. McDonald's. Do you think man. that gaming system comes like equipped with the chicken McNuggets? I think it actually makes McFlurries. I'm loving it. Look, this has been Philly. It's been too long, man. Yeah, we've been averaging at this point a pot a month when we'd basically be averaging three a week. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It seemed that way. Look, we got a lot more stuff coming down the pipe for Defenders of the Bank. Very exciting times, Philly. YouTube channel if you don't know. We have a YouTube channel. Go to youtube.com backslash Defenders of the Bank, and that'll take you to us and all three of our videos that we have up there so far but don't worry there's going to be plenty 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 more to come on youtube so make sure for the millions and millions of defenders of the bank listeners please head over to youtube hit that subscribe button i feel like all those cool influencers that my middle schoolers watch now i can say please like and subscribe and hit that little bell smash that like button as the kids like to call it oh boy oh boy oh boy Either way, this has been a lot of fun, my man. Episode 138, 139 will be coming out shortly. Preseason will be starting shortly. April 17th, right around the corner. My birthday? Why not? We're, we're going to have a lot of fun here on Defenders of the Bank. We're going to be having tons of giveaways. By the way, congrats to everybody who won the giveaways we did for subscribing to our YouTube channel. And there'll be plenty more going on with that. Philly, any last words here on episode 138? It's been... Too long since we've done this. I definitely look forward to getting this done on on a regular basis. We still hang out, which is good. So it's not like I have to wait to hang out with you. We still have our own shenanigans. <laughs> we had we had a fun video that we created not that long ago with a hundred jerseys that I was wearing. No, we have fun. We enjoyed doing this. We took a little bit of a break, but now we're back, baby, back in full effect, along with our season. And if the bank is going to open, even if it's partially, that means Christmas Tree Lane. Opens up. Hopefully. Partially. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, I if, if we can, I'm pitching my tent giggity out there regardless. <laughs> I mean, unless, I mean, if I don't want to get arrested, but if there's no issues, there's going to be a Defenders of the Bank tent come April. Look, and it's going to be good. That's my thought. I can't wait for all this to happen. All I'm just, thinking about right now is Ben from Relentless and those tacos and quesadillas. Our friends in Cuervos and the ridiculous food that they make out there. And Shoes. everybody, everybody, Shoes. D9U, I mean, everyone who part- who participates out there at Christmas Tree Lane with the food and the shots and the drinks and the shots and, and the shots. It, it's, and the shots of shots. I miss Christmas Tree Lane. I, honestly, and I don't think this is a bad thing to say. I miss Christmas Tree Lane as much as I miss anything that goes on inside the bank. It it is a club, first and foremost, of some of the best people that I know inside and outside of Bank of California Stadium. Whatever happens when we get back there, it might look a little different. It might feel a little different, but it will be draped in black and gold and this. And linen. And linen. (laughs) 
and linen. <laughs> Defenders of the Bank is where you can find all of your black and gold info for season four, which again kicks off April 17th. And you know how we like to end all of our episodes here on Defenders of the Bank, the most LAFC podcast on earth. On the solar system. Bye-bye. Bye.